ladies and gentlemen, get those dollars ready. Coming up next to the stage on the Other Ground Podcast, it's your host, Passive J and Ryan. And good afternoon, and welcome to yet another edition of Other Ground Live. I'm Passive J. That's Ryan over there. Say hello, Ryan. It is May the 29th. I think that's right. Yeah, it is correct, but sir. I'm gonna, but I'm going to go with it. It is Friday, which means the week from hell is finally over. So I'm ready to do all sorts of hood rat things with my friends. (laughs) That's right. I see the OG army starting to form up in the chat box. Always glad to see you guys here. Uh, We're going to have a great show tonight. I don't know what we're talking about yet. I did shit mostly all day, so I didn't really have a lot of time to do research, but I'm sure we're going to find something. If not, we'll just hang out and do some hood rat shit. Uh, So how'd your day go, uh, Big Dalton? Uh, you know, it was just a, another day, um, another long, long day. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's really what it was. <laughs> well, at least you got the weekend to look forward to, uh, but it's going to be a busy weekend as well. Uh, of course, uh, tomorrow we'll be doing our fight companion as we do for all Saturday uh, fights, at least until I go back to work. Um, so we'll be doing that, uh, live tomorrow at six o'clock. We start at our normal time, but we don't go off until the fights uh, go off as well. So normally we're here till about midnight or one in the morning, somewhere in that range. Uh, so be sure to join us. Uh, we're looking forward to talk to you about the fights. Um, <laughs> uh, other than that, geez, I, I wasn't kidding. I don't really have a lot of way of topics. Uh, I had, uh, <clears throat> personal problems today that I'm not going to talk about because of my n- new, uh, policy of not complaining on the show. Uh, we'll see how long that lasts, <laughs> but I do have one or two topics, uh, to start off with, uh, unless you got something you'd like to talk about, Ryan. Well, hot off the presses. Did you see that John Jones has requested his release from the UFC? Oh, you're shitting me. Really? Really, I know I have. I miss that entirely. Jesus Christ! Like I said, I've been busy doing stuff today. Uh, I don't believe that in the least bit. I don't think. Uh, I don't think he's serious. Obviously, um, although fuck, I mean, I, if you ask for that sort of thing, you got to be careful. You might get it. Yeah, there's no way he's going to get that. There's no way that the UFC is going to let their light heavyweight champ just leave. Right. No, not especially without taking a loss first. Uh, you know, if if he fought somebody and then lost, then yeah, I could see maybe them letting him go. But as long as he's still the reigning champ, uh, excuse me, uh, I see little uh, chance of that happening. Uh, I don't see that on my favorite uh, MMA website, which is Bloody Elbow. Uh, but then again, they tend to be a little bit later than a lot of the other sources to report stuff because I think they want, want to be double check it and make sure all that good shit. Well, he did it on Twitter. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> well, it was it like within the last couple hours or so. Cause I'm, if that's the case, I'm kind of surprised uh, that bloody elbow hasn't picked it up yet. They're not really pretty good about uh, that sort of thing. I mean, you know, there, there are no bjpen.com, but <laughs> yeah. Give me just a second here. Um, yeah, this was uh, 34 minutes ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I tweet could... in question was part of kind of just like a tweet storm of his, but uh, here it is in its entirety. I don't even make half of half of what Dante Wilder makes. If my reputation causes you to undervalue me this much, just go ahead and release me from the UFC contract altogether. I'm sure some other promoter somewhere will be more than happy to pick me up. 
<laughs> God damn, John Jones. Uh, the, the sad part is he's 100% correct. If, uh, if the UFC uh, released him from his contract, he could probably sign a pretty lucrative short-term deal with another organization, uh, not necessarily even MMA. Uh, like he could probably go into amateur, you know, not amateur, but like boxing and make a couple big paydays or bare knuckle fighting and make a couple big paydays or of course go to MMA. But I don't really think that there's any MMA organizations out there that are going to be able to throw the kind of money at him that he's making at the UFC, I would think. He already makes, and he admitted this, I think also during kind of his tweet storm, that he already makes over $5 million a fight. Right, like, exactly. People aren't lined up to give you more than that. No, no. Well, you know, uh, he might get a couple big paydays compared to that. Like, he could go to bare knuckle boxing and probably make $20 million for a fight once or twice, but those, uh, those promoters don't have the type of money to keep throwing that money at him. Same thing like with uh, Mike Tyson. Yeah. They, uh, they're going to offer him $20 million to fight, uh, Wanderlei Silva and offer Silva 10 million, $10 million uh, to do it again. Wanderlei Silva's first name. Wanderlei, isn't it? I, I know Vanderlei. it's a W yeah. Vanderlei. Thank you. I, at least I knew it was pronounced with a V. <laughs> um, but they can't pay Mike Tyson $20 million to fight three times a year or something like that, they'll go out of business. <clears throat> I would assume. Yeah. So he's in that kind of situation. He might get a couple uh, big ticket uh, spectacle fights, but he's not going to find another organization that will consistently pay him what he's making now. Yeah. He's, I don't know what the deal is. Apparently he asked for a shit ton of money to fight in Ganu. Right now. Now, he's he's, yeah. now he wants to take his ball and go home because Dana came out and said, that he was asking for ridiculous money. Right. Never really he, gave like an actual figure, I don't think. Or maybe Dana White did say a figure. I don't remember offhand. But regardless, now Jones is all pissed off saying, hey, I never even said a figure. And right, yeah. you know, I'm worth more than $5 million and blah, blah, blah. Release me. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck John Jones. That'd be so awesome if Dana... Because it just might happen. Dana White is not the type of person you bluff. Um, obviously the UFC is not doing as well financially as they were at one time. Uh, for example, if you know, he would have tried to pull that shit in like 2010, Dana would have kicked him in the ass on the way out. Um, but now that, now that, uh, with their current obligations and things like that, he is a lot more lenient on his fighters, I think. Uh, but he is still Dana White, so he might still kick him on the ass in the ass on the way out. Well, no, what he really should do is he should keep him for as long as that contract is stick him out there on the fight pass, like prelims on non-pay-per-view cards. So there's no pay-per-view share and just put him against the absolutely toughest fighter he can find every goddamn time. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, there's, I wonder if there's contracts in his clause that they can't put him on a non-pay-per-view fight and things like that. I, I guess there probably is. I doubt there would be like knowing how restrictive those contracts are. Like they do not favor a fighter at all. No, not no. Uh, uh, normally, the fighter gets by on the generosity of the organization. Really, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. Uh, uh, that would be funny to see, just to see him languish in the, the non pay per view, just make his basic five million a year. Because when he says five million, I uh, excuse me, five million a fight. When he says five million, that can't count like pay per view and shit like that. He probably makes extra on that. No, I think that probably does include like that sort of thing. Because if you look at the disclosed fighter pay, mm -hmm. you never see guys making like well over a million. 
Yeah, well, <clears throat> I assume. I think. I assume. I excuse me. I assumed he was in the five hundred to uh, show in five hundred to win category, so he probably made a million off that. Okay, I guess the uh, and the other locker room bonuses and stuff like that as well. Uh, but I guess you're right. It'd probably take pay per view points to add that other three million or so. Right. Right. Yeah. So basically, he go to go to go from five million a fight to about a million or so, maybe two with his sponsors and shit like that. Well, yeah, and throwing him on like early on in a fight that no one's fucking watching, like his sponsors are going to dry up too. Right, right. Although, just I mean, I can see them moving him to a fight night uh, type thing to um, give him shit and punish him. But obviously, he'd still be the main event, top of the card. There's no way they'd ever put him in the prelims that while he still held the title, anyways. Yeah, we'll see. But yeah, <laughs> was, on a fight night. Throw him on a fight night and stop intervening every time he uh, does something that breaks the law. Because you know goddamn well the UFC lawyers are, are helping him out in all of his legal battles. Oh, yeah, I would assume so. Um, God, why can't they have uh, just a cool person as a champ anymore? Uh, between him, Conor McGregor, uh, Colby Covington, and that just champ, just high-level. Uh, why are so many of the high-level fighters just dicks lately? It didn't used to be that way. Um, like GSP is one of my fucking heroes. Most a lot of it's because of how respectful and well spoken he always was. Well, if you think about it, there's it, it's not really that bad. You have Connor and you have Colby, and those are just absolute acts that they're putting on. Like those are just completely gimmicks. You have John Jones, who is just a reprehensible human being. Right. But past that, like it's not that bad. Well, like, I know Mara like Usman, not that bad of a guy. Could be right. Like you can say things for Habib as far as like jumping the cage and all of that, but like he has his morals and he sticks to them. Right, right. All my issues of Khabib are about his particular set of morals. Um, but I do, I do respect the guy for uh, standing up for what he believes in, and he's lost a lot of money doing that too. But yeah, that. Then you got Stipe, who's still a fucking fireman. Right, right. So I, I guess not there too. Yeah, yeah. I guess not just champs, but I'm thinking like just a lot of high level or, or mid level fighters. Like Mike Perry is a good example, someone who's just an utter douchebag. Um, and once again, if he's acting, well, then I'm going to act like he's a douchebag. No, I just think he he's he's dumb as a box of cock. Um, <laughs> did you see the news that in his next fight, the only person that's going to accompany him to the ring is his girlfriend? Yeah, I saw something about that. I'm like, well, that seems about right. Because uh, obviously he's so highly trained at this point, you know, no one can even help him. His girlfriend's just there to show him his boobs if he loses motivation. Ah, he's just a he's just a technical marvel of that Mike Perry. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Did you hear uh, Colby Covington left his uh, um, gym ATT? Well, it, it was more he was no longer welcome there than him saying I'm leaving. Right? Is that one of those voluntary voluntary things that we were speaking about the other day? <laughs> Yeah, that's one of those things where you resign before you're fired, that sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, I apologize, guys. Uh, the hole in my tooth is uh, actually, I don't know if it got bigger or if I'm just noticing it more, but I'm catching my tongue at it all the time. So I am going to be more slurred and mumbly than normal, if uh, possible. <laughs> so You are uh, a mealy mouth son of a bitch. <laughs> well, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be at least 10% more today. So I apologize in advance, guys, but I'll, I'll try to concentrate on my enunciation. 
oh, it fucking hurts too. I don't talk a ton right now since I'm not at work, uh, just between me and the wife. And this, so this is the most I've been talking the entire day. And man, it's already starting to make my tongue hurt. It just rubs up against it every time. Oh, sorry, fucking, I'm complaining. Never mind. Let's move on. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's. Yeah. So, uh, so Minneapolis is on fire. How about that, huh? Oh, Jesus Christ. You know what? This worries me because, you know, Minneapolis, you know, riots happen occasionally. Bad stuff happens occasionally, but it's always in other places. Uh, that's how that's how it works until it's not. And Minneapolis, I didn't even know it was a predominantly black uh, city because, uh, you know, Minnesota does not really strike me as like, you know, a very urban state where I guess I don't know, uh, know a lot about it. Um but it's getting so nutty over there that I'm kind of just waiting for something to happen in Detroit because I assume Detroit's probably got a lot higher percentage of uh, Afro-Americans than Minneapolis, Minnesota. Oh, yeah, there's there's a much larger black population in Detroit than Minneapolis. It's just the ones that are in Minneapolis are real fucking pissed right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, and OK, I'm, I'm going to say something that's stuff that is probably going to make me unpopular with uh, um, certain views. But uh, I totally understand why they're rioting. I totally am against them doing it. I don't think that that's the proper way to show your displeasure and to, and to protest. Uh, you hurt your cause when you do that kind of shit. You're hurting your community when you do stuff like burn down your auto zone. Um, you hurt your entire community when you burn down the fucking police station because guess what? Now every unsolved crime in the area in the last 10 years is going to stay unsolved because you just fucked up all the evidence. Uh, they broke into the evidence room. Uh, I'm sure it wasn't for that reason, but uh, probably to get a whole bunch of drugs and things like that, which is where they store that shit from what I assume. And it's just it's just a bad scene. I mean, it's not helping anybody. Uh, and it pisses me off because I see on Facebook people basically defending it. <clears throat> so, you know, they're like, oh, so you're saying riots are worse than murder? I'm like, oh, no, two wrongs don't make a right. Doing something bad because someone else did something bad is never the solution to a problem. I don't know, Ryan. I, I, what so, do you think? So here's the thing. And you're going to have to forgive me for stepping onto a soapbox at some point during this diatribe. But there is a time for riots. There is not a time for looting. Now, there is a time when things get so fucked up that you do have to kind of have a show of force. And I understand why people are getting there with this Minneapolis thing. Because you have four cops just completely complicit in essentially the murder of this unarmed dude. And everyone could fucking see it. And then on top of that, before these like large-scale riots happen, again, you have a DA that steps out there and says, oh, I watched the videos, and I, I just don't think there's enough there to charge for murder. <laughs> so yeah, you can be pissed off. But here's the message to anyone that just would happen to be listening, I'm guessing via download, because I doubt any of the rioters are here with our you know live eight people. But goddammit, stop looting like fucking morons. All you do is reinforce the stereotype that got a stupid fucking cop to kneel on a guy's goddamn neck and kill it. Show some fucking restraint. If you want to riot and be pissed off at the cops and even like throw shit at the fucking cop cars, I don't give a fuck. When you start looting random things just because you want to be opportunistic, you're not going to get shit done. Stop it. Well, uh, I can't disagree with any of that, although I won't. Uh, I can't uh, in 
work up that type of enthusiasm for the subject. Um, yeah, you're no, you're one hundred percent right. Uh, they it's, all it does is hurt their cause, and it and gives people the and the, uh, the perception that that you're about trying to steal stuff, not trying to change the way people think, which is what all these protests and riots are supposed to be for. And they are spreading out to other areas. Uh, there's uh, live protests and stuff uh, in Detroit, like as well, as we were going on the air, I was watching live feeds of it. Um, and my Facebook uh, a feed is filled with people saying, hey, don't try to go on I-75 right now, because apparently the protests have spilled out onto the highway. Um, which is another thing I think is fucking bullshit. Um, I don't know. There's two ways to look at it. The people, some people think that just regular protests don't do anything because people can just drive right by it and ignore it. So other than the, the attention that the media gets, you know, um, there's not a lot of point in protesting, which is why people get into the street and try to disrupt other people's lives to get their attention, which I think is bullshit, but I understand why they're doing it. I don't know. What do you think? Uncle Canada? Ah, no. So why are they doing it? So there's a difference between protesting and looting and uh, basically, you know, fucking messing up these small businesses. You can protest all you want. God bless you guys in the States. You guys do that a lot. But I think uh, Ryan's point is fucking when you guys try to not you get the people are uh, taking advantage of, of that situation by. Well, I am pretty black, black. <laughs> so, so I understand that, uh, protesting is one thing but civil disobedience and just fucking going on a rampage destroying businesses of course it, 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 right excellent point opportunistic right fucking it's all horseshit like what are you trying to prove again you, you, you are reinforcing a certain stereotype that's out in the news and then you got left stream media painting it one way right stream media painting it another way so it's all fucked up right Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, from what I'm reading, I, I don't have this confirmed yet. Uh, I've read stuff that uh, things like insurance doesn't cover stuff like riots. So the guy that owned that auto zone is fucked. You know, everyone's, uh, of course, knows about the auto zone that the, the rioters burnt uh, last night or the night before last, I believe. Um, and obviously that dude didn't have nothing to do with it. And now his entire life is ruined. Uh, assuming I'm, what I read is correct and the, the insurance won't cover it. You know, and it depends why, on so it depends on the policy that guy has. Generally, there are blanket um, exclusions for things like acts of war, which like civil disobedience or riots don't necessarily fall into. Mm -hmm. um, so it's probably either someone that is a not very well versed in insurance or it just so happens that this guy has a terrible insurance policy. Mm, so okay oh and hopefully i'm hopefully i'm wrong because i didn't read too much into it but i i did see headlines like that and articles that spoke on stuff like that so and that's terrible come on um he's yeah not, pj oh, go sorry ahead, i just want to cut it all right so like uh the auto zone this and that those franchisees are a little bit different i'm assuming and i'm not sure if i'm assumptions are correct whereas you're part of a friend you're a franchisee you have some type of protection the ones that are getting fucked are these small mom and pop guys, people in general, right? Mm -hmm. Who nothing. And, you know, I'm assuming insurance is already high. Expenses are high. And they have no franchisor to, to kind of fall back on. Those are the ones getting fucked. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I think with franchises, it depends on the franchise. Because I know some of uh, in, 
in some franchises you're actually able to buy your uh, your uh, building you know like when you see in uh, in mcdonald's they say you know whenever they advertise some sort of sp- uh, special they say participation may vary because some owners can you know do their own shit i think it depends on levels of stuff but he's i'm assuming he's on the hook for if nothing else for all the stuff in his store uh you know his entire inventory and things like that uh, but regardless, you know, you're right. Uh, for as bad as it is for someone like that, it's got to be worse for the mom and pop stores who have no backup at all. It all depends on how you're insured on all of that. But still, the, the point remains, like, why take it out on people that have nothing to do with the actual problem? It's yeah. like if every time I went outside, every time I saw a midget, they kicked me in the shin, and I went and looted a big and tall store, like... <laughs> Sorry, I'm just not going after the right people. Right, exactly. And that's why, God, I mean, and the thing that screwed with my head the most was when they burnt down a fucking police precinct. The fucking police just backed off and let them do it. Um, I'm not sure they probably had much choice in the matter at that point unless they are going to start fucking shooting people. Uh, so I don't know. Was that the right well, choice for them to make? What do you think? Down, like that was probably the thing they were going to burn down. So at least those were the people they had a fucking issue with. Right. But I mean, but you see what, what kind of cause problems that causes with the actual community burning down your own police station, uh, as far as like with ongoing cases and things like that. Um, but so I don't know. The, I still think that well here actually here's my question. So do you think the police should have backed down and let them and let them burn the stuff and figure that was the best course of action or do you think that they should have stood their ground and tried to police uh, protect the police station? Crack skulls. If these fucking idiots are fucking attacking innocent people, be it police officers, be it whoever, fuck that. Every country has rules and laws, right? For you to go out of your way and fucking want to burn down stuff, especially a precinct. Precinct, no man, laws got to be enforced, right? If you're gonna fucking do stupid shit, there's fucking uh, there's again there is rules, you know, like the the counterpoint from it. You have to understand kind of how where these people are coming from. Yes, I don't agree with burning down a police station. Let's just start there. However. The people that are supposed to be following the laws because they completely understand the laws, they're supposed to be serving and protecting. Obviously, that's not necessarily required by them with Supreme Court rulings and all that shit. But they just watched four policemen kill someone in their, you know, in their neighborhood, someone that, you know, looks like them. So they have no faith in anybody in that building anymore. And okay, to, see, to see that the DA, like, would not even charge these people to have this shit go on for several days and have nothing happen to these apparent murderers, like, you have to understand the frustration there. And yes, I don't agree with the way that they go about it, but, like, you have to appreciate it somewhere there. Okay, so, Ryan, just to counter that, so four pieces of shit cops out of how many work in that area? Let's say a thousand, Right. So you're going to fucking stereotype by four pieces of shit. You're going to say all fucking a thousand are bad as well. Let's fucking burn their houses. Let's fucking burn the precinct. No, man. No, no. There's, again, laws are established out there. Court system is out there for a reason, right? Once anybody breaks the law, nobody's above the law. There's certain way, there's certain steps to be prosecuted, right? You're, you're innocent until proven guilty, right? This is obviously an extreme situation, but you cannot stereotype four scumbags and say, well, 
The rest 996 are just as bad, so let's fucking take them down as well. Fuck that, man. There's got to be no again. There's there's civil. There's got to be some some type of civil discourse at the same time. I can't respect that. You're fucking. And again, who's gonna uh, end up paying for that burn pre, uh, precinct? Taxpayers, right? Well, absolutely. And again, I don't agree with the way that they went about it, but like they also are dealing with an institution, and I'm just talking the institution of like police at large. When you have those absolutely shitty ones. The problem is, is hardly anything ever happens to them. And it looks like another replay of that here. At least the one has now been arrested uh, earlier today. But like you see this all the time where this shit happens and nothing ever happens to the cops because a DA is not going to bring charges most of the time to a cop because there is like a long standing relationship there. There needs to be another way to handle things where it's cops doing something illegal as opposed to just going to that DA, like there needs to be some sort of third party there that doesn't have, you know, the bias to the cop or the bias against the cop, but like some sort of neutral arbiter. Doesn't uh, the internal affairs handle a lot of that? Or the, would that just be investigating the crime? So it would still go to the regular DA. In all of these, it goes to the DA, whether or not you're going to be prosecuted. I think mm. internal affairs and I, I mean, Tenor would be more of an expert on this. But for the most part, internal affairs is just taking care of internal matters. More mm. of like, are they going to fire you, demote you, like stuff like that. That has nothing to do generally with like bringing charges. Oh, I thought, uh, I, I, all I know about it is what you see in the movies where internal affairs is trying to bust dirty cops and shit like that. Um, but I did want to address something that Uncle Canada said about, you know, how it's bullshit that, uh, you know, four, four, four bad cops are going to affect the reputation of like a thousand good cops. Um, and I wish this was my quote, but it's not, uh, but Chris Rock said, said it this way. Uh, he said, uh, he doesn't like hearing, you know, um, you know, that, the, that cops are, you know, like all, almost all good. There was only a couple bad, only most cops are good. There's only a couple bad apples. He says, cause certain jobs, the, you have to all be good. You can't have a couple bad apples. Imagine like if it was that way of pilots, if American airlines said, yeah, most of our pilots are pretty good. We only have a couple bad apples that like to slam planes in the fucking mountains. Apples and fucking bananas. Are you fucking kidding me? Like so, so, again, Canadian cops are different than you guys in the states because obviously, with the guns you guys have over there, every interaction is potential life or death interaction, right? Right, right. But his point was, this is not the type of job where you you can have a couple bad apples. You have to, you know, you have to make sure that all of them are good. All right, we got both Sly and Tenor in right now. Hey guys, uh, mm-hmm. appreciate you guys calling. What's up, fellas? What's going on? What's up, brothers? How's the wife's MacBook there, Tenor? How, how, her MacBook Pro? Dude, I don't even want to talk about it. I still couldn't get signed up today. <laughs> oh, what a but I, did, I, didn't let, I, didn't, I didn't let it ruin my day, though, so fuck them. So, All right. yeah. I'm just – honestly, guys, so when we talked the other day, I hadn't watched the video, and I put it on last night for a bit. I didn't watch it from start to finish. Um, I didn't need to. I am fucking completely, you know, Jay's talking about, you know, a few apples spoiling the bunch. Dude, I am fucking sick and tired of having to be behind the eight ball and work my balls off for community relations. I mean, that's my job. I get it. I get it. 
but I'm so far behind the eight ball every time I, I have an interaction with anybody in the public, especially uh, inner city youth. And I work with a lot of them. Granted, I know I'm in upstate, but I'm in a, in a special situation where basically my jurisdiction, part of my jurisdiction is, is a housing project of, of people from New York City. Um, and, and I work my ass off to make community relations good. I do a lot of community policing. I do a lot of talking. I do a lot of um, just making contacts, positive contacts. Hey, hey, man, did you see that Mets game? You know, any, anything I can do to make a positive contact with you, 100 positive contacts before I have to make a negative interaction with you or correct you on a negative behavior that you're doing, I do. And I am so sick and tired of, of every time it seems I get some – and I, this is all cops, not just me. I'm just speaking subjectively. I'm so sick and tired of having to work to get back on top of that mountain again. Because every time you see this happen, and this was this is fairly blatant. I mean, anytime there's a, a, a officer-involved shooting, because of the media and where we're at, we get knocked down a rung, whether it's justified or not, just because the media portrays it a certain way. But something like this, especially, that's very, very glaring. We get knocked back so far, so far, that we've got to work our ass off to get back into a place where we have decent rapport. And I'm right back down at the fucking... Uh, yeah, I'm right back down at the bottom of the mountain again. Now, that's my job. i got to fucking get that back, and I will. I'm good at that shit. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a cocky individual. I'm, I'm, I'm good at very, very few things, but, but being able to build rapport, I'm pretty fucking good at, and I'll get there again. But every time this happens, man, I get knocked down to the bottom of the mountain. I got to climb back up and, and, and build that trust and rapport. And I'm sick of fucking guys like this making a bad name for the rest of us and make no bones about it. Hold on. Hold on one second and make no bones about it. Make no bones about it. That guy leaning on his neck it's bad and he was doing something fucking wrong but there's no cops that i know or i've spoken to that are gonna blatantly commit a murder what's his intent do you think his intent was to kill that guy honestly no cop wants to fucking kill anybody especially with a, a crowd surrounding him with a video camera out his t intent wasn't to kill that guy did he yes he did he did it fucking negligently. He's a fucking idiot. But no one's going to sit there and kill somebody on camera on purpose unless that dude's a straight sociopath. He's, he's a fucking idiot is what he is. But in my opinion, nobody's just going to go out there and kill somebody on camera in the daytime with fucking tons of people around him. That's just my opinion. And I'm not defending him because I've already said he's a goddamn idiot and he's making me work fucking 10 times harder to make my job easier. Hey, Tedder, I, I listen. I totally agree. And listen, I, I support the boys and I support the military. I think you guys fucking are, it's a shitty job, right? Especially again, more so in the States than Canada. But my question is this Have you ever had interactions like, for example, shit like this happening where you're working, where you're working and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you, you get kind of uh, thrown insults for somebody you don't know or whatever after something like this happens? Like, fuck you, pig, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Have no. you ever felt the repercussions of this after the fact? Or, uh, Yeah, man, all the fucking time. I mean, <clears throat> there, there's a huge distrust in society without one of these things happening that I deal with that. But that's, that's 
that's what I expect, though. That there's there's a huge, huge, huge disconnect between the everyday public, especially inner city public, and what I do. You know, we see people on their fucking worst days, whether we're arresting them or we're dealing with with uh, a victim who's had something who's been victimized whether it be rape or assault or, or theft or whatever it is we're dealing with people at their worst it's their worst day and and i expect that type of behavior without this happening but when this happens it makes it fucking 10 times worse man um and i had there was another point i was gonna make i wish and it was a pretty good one but fuck i, I i'm lost on it so yes i i've dealt with the repercussions of that before but i expect it and and you have to go into a situation like that. It's, it's, I tend to be a little pessimistic. I tend to think that I'm going to have the worst happen in a situation because you know what? When it happens, eh, it doesn't bother me that much. If I go into a situation thinking, boy, this is going to fucking turn out perfect, well, guess what? It never does. So, so why am I going to have that outlook on it? I expect to get fuck you. I expect to get motherfuckered. I expect to, you know, everything bad to happen. But you know what? When I might, when I expect to get motherfuckered and I get assholed, guess what? I'm pretty happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> let me uh, let me ask you a question, kind of put you on the spot. So don't answer this if you're not comfortable with it. Uh, sure. We were talking we were talking earlier about uh, how the police there actually abandoned the precinct uh, and left it to the looters. Uh, would you have done that? Do you think that was the right choice? Man, I realize I realize that's kind of a hard qu- uh, question to answer. Yeah, that that that's a real tough thing to, 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 to swallow, but you know, I, once again, not getting into political things. I'm not a political guy. I don't even vote. You know, when, what did Trump say something about when the looting starts, the shooting starts, that's fucking retarded, man. I'm not, I, I, you know, I'm not going to start fucking popping off rounds on something, but you got to realize there's, there's victims out there. And I think you guys covered this a little bit. There's victims out there whose, whose whole case just got blown because because the chain of custody for the evidence is completely blown out of the water. There's going to be rapists. There's going to be murderers that are going to walk free because the chain of uh, the the chain of custody on the evidence in that evidence room in that precinct has been completely destroyed. So what what happens with their closure? Yeah. Okay. Yep. There you go. That was actually one of the things I actually wanted to ask you about because I was just making guesses on all these things, saying the detrimental effect of doing that to your own uh, police precinct would have on the community. And it sounds like I was kind of correct on it, huh? Yeah, man. What happens God, with those people's right closure? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know. I think and and the story it, here, though, hmm. and just very quickly on it, I think Tenner's selling himself a little short by saying he's not very cocky. Tenor is a very <laughs> cocky individual. I just want to put it out there for everyone. This man is rocking a kickstand. <laughs> <laughs> he might be oh, cocky, man. but you like. He might be cocky, but you, you, who's the one that likes cock, though? You obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, yeah. okay. So, so that precinct thing. I think what it was was one of those collapses. Let's fucking let the looters. Let's fucking give them something to fucking explode about this and that, right? I well, think it I was think the planned. call was from the mayor, wasn't it? Like I don't even think it was the officer's decision. Like I think the mayor exactly, made that call. Mm. exactly. So let the looters fucking go at it. Let them fucking you know fucking just get it out of their system. And yeah, but again, uh, to me, it's, not, it's bullshit. And like uh, uh, for you to fucking just destroy a precinct and again uh, stereotype from four scumbags and fucking say that all the rest are scumbags. 
let's fucking burn down this and that. I don't know. To me, it just doesn't make any sense. But again, I don't know. Like I'm a little bit naive, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, and I and I remember what I was gonna say with Brad's question because I thought what he was going one route when he asked me if I had dealt with some bad. Speaking to the phone. Oh my! All right, my bad. So, yeah, I thought I thought Grad was gonna ask me one thing about if I ever been in a situation like with the um the one guy who was doing crowd control and he kept looking over and you know kind of caught in this this inner struggle of what do I do? Do I do I do I stop him? Do I? Because it, it seemed like he had some some kind of an internal thing. Like I said, I didn't watch the whole video. I thought Grad was gonna ask me if I've ever been in that situation, and I actually have. Um. I was in I was in the back of an ambulance with a, a, a another cop that was searching a guy. He he had nodded out in traffic. He had he had just shot heroin. Had had a needle in his arm. Nodded out at a stoplight in traffic, and this cop was searching him. And this guy's out of it. You know, he's in the back of the ambulance at this point. When I showed up for backup, the guy's out of it. And this cop, who was actually a buddy of mine, I've I've hung out with him. I drank with him before. Um, was searching the guy and asking if he had any needles. The guy was kind of like, oh, nothing on me. So this cop actually went into his pocket searching him and got a, a accidental needle, needle stick. He got, he got stuck. Well, he fucking lost his shit on this dude and was had his arm behind his back and was cranking on it. And he was going to fucking snap his arm. I, I've been there. You know, I did it accidentally. I didn't do it on purpose. But he was, he was cranking on that fucking arm. And he, you know, and I actually had to say, yo, fucking knock it off. You're about to snap his arm and you know this shit. And he, he actually listened to me. I said it in front of the EMTs. I said it in front of everybody. Get the fuck out of here, man. I'm not going to, I'm not going down for you fucking snapping a dude's arm. And now if we're wrestling with somebody and he's fighting with us and his shit gets broke, well, so be it. You shouldn't be fucking fighting with me. But this guy was fucking not, you know, not fighting. He was, he, the cop was pissed off because he caught an accidental needle stick on his fucking search going through the dude's fucking pocket and he was going to snap his arm. And I fucking told him straight up, stop, don't break his fucking arm. Yeah, so uh, did you get a lot of, any pushback on that? You know, the entire brotherhood of cops and all, all that good shit? No, it was just he and I and the ambulance and the EMTs and stuff. But um, no, he didn't He didn't question me. Maybe if there was a crowd of people around, it would be a little different. Maybe he would question me a little more like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? You're pucking me out in front of everybody. But, you know, we were in the back of an ambulance and I knew what the fuck he was doing. And I knew he was upset and, and I knew why he was doing what he was doing, but it wasn't fucking appropriate. And he had to be told so. Because I'm not going down with you for that bullshit. Well, beyond that, sometimes it just takes that that someone saying something to snap somebody back into it, right? Like, I think we've all been there of being super pissed off and doing something ridiculous and just having someone call you out on it that snaps you back into like, oh, yeah, I am fucking up. Yeah, yeah, it's called it's called changing a channel. You got to change. Sometimes you got to change somebody's channel a little bit. You know, sometimes it'll take a, a stiff arm to the chest or something. You got to change their channel a little bit because they're they're focused on something. You know, I mean, you think about it. You know, you want to talk about like dogs and, and, and certain behavior. I've had to change the channel on a dog a little bit because they get so especially pit mixes, you know, go fucking figure when they're so focused on something. Sometimes you need to you need to snap them back and and change their channel. Did Grad fall down? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. Right, not. So yeah, that's. Yeah. 
So yeah, that, I guess I, I probably I don't know where's the fuck counter because I I'm sure I've motherfucked and fucked a lot on that rant. <laughs> That's all right. You, you, I think you are justified on that one. Um, let's so uh, happier do happier news before yeah. we get there. Tenor, what do you think of uh, John Jones asking for his release? Oh yeah, I I didn't even hear it. I I Jay was I heard you guys talk about it a little bit. I was fucking around with a bicycle, and I heard um I heard Jay say, oh I didn't even get that on my bloody uterus feed or whatever the hell he listens to, um <laughs> and. And, and I actually Googled it real quick, and I saw that he was all pissed off. And Dana, I guess, uh, Dana sat him down a little bit, it seemed like, and he asked for his release. Fucking release him, dude. The guy's had so many fucking chances. Who, and, and you guys said this already. Who's going to pay him more? What, what's he going to do? Release him? Who's going to really pay him more than what he makes with the UFC doing what he does? Now, maybe if he goes to boxing, like Jay said, he might get a couple of paydays there. But he's not going to do it on Submission Underground. He's, he's not going to do it. Uh, in, in bare knuckle, he's not going to get paid for consistently for the longevity that he's still got left in his career for doing anything else. So, you know, sometimes you got to call motherfuckers bluff. No, yeah, exactly. Right, I'm with you. The, the yeah. only time he would get that money is if he could find a boxing payday, but he's really only going to get one or two because That's he's it. not going to win. No, no, he's not. He's gonna- not going to find. Go ahead, Jay. Sorry. I say, I, I, and he's not going to find a deal like McGregor did uh, fighting uh, Mayweather. So he's not going to he's not going to get one of those fifty or sixty million dollar paydays. He might get ten or twenty or thirty, but that'd be the top end of it, really. No, I, I yeah, think he could get fifty, sixty million. You think he could he from Deontay? In, no, Mike Tyson. Oh Jesus, fuck! <laughs> oh, think about it, right? It's going to be a freak. It would be a complete freak show fight. You have what people would promote as the greatest mixed martial artist of all time versus the greatest heavyweight boxer of all time, which is a complete lie. But people would buy the shit out of that. I'd fucking, oh, yeah. I'd, I'd watch, I'd watch that for sure. I'm just a God. fan, man. God, and I, Tito, would, I respect. I would feel so bad about watching that, but I would, cause that wouldn't be fair at fucking all. I, I got a lot of respect for Mike Tyson's skills, but, uh, that, that wouldn't be a fair fight. I, even if they did under boxing, I don't think that'd be a fair fight. Wait, are you, are you saying me? John Jones would beat 53 year old Tyson in boxing? Uh, obviously if MMA, there wouldn't be, wouldn't be a fight at all. Boxing, well, yeah, obviously we Tyson's got a lot boxing, better chance, but so. yeah, I know. I think he might be able to he's got that. He's got that ridiculous reach. Um, I don't know. I mean, it'd be, I guess you're right. I guess it's not, it wouldn't be the one sided fight that I was thinking off offhand because, you know, obviously John Jones is going to smoke the average 54 year old, regardless of what, whatever sport that they were in. You got to think, Jay, uh, he can't he can't poke eyes in boxing gloves. Mm, that's true. He also can't kick him in the knee. So that <laughs> which is his two major weapons. <laughs> he's, he's, he's like a fucking five year old. I'm going to poke you in the eye and kick you in the knee. And, and you got to factor in the fact that Tyson knows more about bo- or has actually forgotten more about boxing than John Jones will ever know. Yeah, you're right. I guess I guess that's being too pessimistic about it. Yeah, that would be a fun fight to watch. Uh, if in boxing, I mean, obviously anything could happen, but it'd be just fucking awesome to watch Tyson hammer about a half a dozen fucking hooks into John Jones's ribs and watch him collapse like an accordion. <laughs> Mind you, I don't think John Jones would ever take the fight. No, no, like, no. It- as egotistical as that guy is. Like, he generally makes the smart move. He's not going to take a fight that he even thinks he can lose. 
Right. So right. if he doesn't oh. if he doesn't take that fight, he, there's no way he takes a fucking Deontay Wilder, Wilder fight then, right? Oh, oh God, no. No chance in hell. No. Right. And apparently Dana White was claiming that that's the type of money that John Jones wanted uh, for the fight, that heavyweight. He uh, he said he didn't ask for like $5 million more. He wanted like $30 million. So, you know, so instead I, of making... I, yeah. I thought the initial rumor was Tito Ortiz against Tyson. Did I miss something or what? Oh no, no, no. There are a few there are a few rumors out there. There's that. There's uh there's Tyson versus Vanderlei Silva and Bare Knuckle. Like there are several several rumors out there. See the Tyson fucking Tito one, I that would be a good fight, I think. What? I don't know, man. I you don't boxing? think so? Not well, boxing. Fuck No, Tito is fucking not, he's a I don't know. I, I, I enjoy the fight, I guess. I, I, I know. But again, you got to take into account the age factor as well, right? You oh, shit. We, we, we'd all enjoy it. We all enjoyed it in the 80s and 90s when we knew it was only going to last a minute. We gladly shelled out $45 to see a fucking uh, a lamb led to slaughter. We enjoy anything. Anybody he fights, I think we'd all enjoy that, wouldn't we? I think we yeah, exactly I think enjoy Tito just for the fact that his head is the size of a heavy bag. <laughs> how, oh how, how how old is Tito? dude the guy fucked up a fractured skull dude yeah no, Tito, tito's a <laughs> fucking warrior man something like that yeah okay so fucking tyson's 54 so you gotta take into the age factor as well right so i i wouldn't mind watching that part, yeah. to be honest but. yeah well you're talking about tito with a cracked skull you gotta forget that mike tyson fought with a broken back spinal oh yeah <laughs> uh, Doss wanted to know if uh, we had talked about uh, Connor versus Anderson yet. You guys want to cover that? Let's do it. We can, and I think it's dose. Uh, a dose. That's what I said. I said the dose. Doss two. Mister two wanted to uh, talk about that. <laughs> oh Jesus, fuck. Uh, supposedly. Yeah. Now, now, it, obviously, it's not a done deal in the least bit. But Anderson Silver posted posted something about how he'd like to do a super fight with Conor McGregor at like 177 pounds, and uh, Conor just tweeted back, "I agree," and and that's as far as it's went so far. So who knows if it'll actually happen? If Dana would want that type of fight to happen, uh, personally for myself, I hope would. it's money. I, I hope it doesn't happen. Uh, fucking Anderson Silver hasn't won a fight since what 2013 or some shit like that. I the last thing I want to do is watch Conor, Conor McGregor beat up on one of my heroes after his uh, time's been over or should be over rather. Well, this is the Conor Sp McGregor handbook. Like this is what he does. He picks fights that he has a very small chance of losing because someone either is a perfect style matchup or in this case is well past their prime. Like this is, is how it, is he conflates himself to be the greatest ever is just handpicking wins is, is he handpicking it if he gets called out though that's um, the thing if someone calls you out are you are you truly handpicking you're saying eh, okay um i think i think so when like he's never you have other people that how long has justin gaethje been calling him out you don't see him say okay to that no, I'd love to see that fight, actually. Right. And honestly, I think, uh, and I think Conor McGregor is good at this. I think he might have manipulated Anderson Silva a little bit because he had just posted about how he considered Anderson Silva the greatest fighter of all time and himself as number two, but how he would clearly be number one before his career was over. Um, so how big of a crock of shit is that? Yeah. Conor thinking that he's the second of all time as far as greatest? 
and will definitely be greatest. He says it's joke. He, yeah. He said it's guaranteed. It's assured. There's not a chance that I won't be the greatest by the end of the end of this. You know, since he's going to go on and win all these titles and apparently never defend them. Um, that just irks me so much. That was the very first thing I learned from uh, MMA. One of the very first sayings was, "You're not truly the champion until you've defended your title." That was like a, a, people were like, "Hey, that's that's Chuck Liddell. That's An- that's uh, Anderson Silva. Hey, you're not the uh, the champion unless you've defended your title. Uh, that's Joe Lazan over there." It was j- just like that, basically. <laughs> but is is there any question that he he he's not the greatest though? Oh Jesus Christ! Uh, I don't know. Hold on, I mean, hold on, hold on, Jay. Hold on, Jay. Let me let me right, finish. Top, the, top five, the, top gri- ten. Yeah. The the greatest showman, the oh, greatest yeah. hype man. He is the greatest in certain respects. However, he may not be the greatest MMA fighter, but he is head and shoulders above anybody. He's being the greatest MMA showman. Yeah, I guess so. I guess you you are right on that. Uh, he is the most popular MMA fighter on the planet for a reason, uh, and it's because he was he is really good at uh, manipulation and presentation. Um, no, it's called self promotion. It's not manipulation, dude. He self he self promotes and he gets the job done. Right? He fucking well, sells up tickets. That's exactly Sounds what I'm saying. That's, that, yeah, yeah. That, that's exactly how you do it. He's self-promoting by manipulation, manipulating people's emotions, um, and using the, his ability to do that to get the fights that he wants. A lot of times, he's guided his own career fight-wise pretty fucking brilliantly. Um, uh, part of it, of course, is that at one point the UFC decided they wanted to protect him and, and make them their next their next big star, so they gave him favorable fights. But a lot of it was him picking fights with the right people as well. Mm. So I contest that Conor McGregor is the greatest MMA showman of all time. I really can't argue with with that. that. Mm -hmm. I would say say that when it comes to greatest fighter, he's not even top 20. Ah, Oh, stop. Oh, come on, Ryan. Stop, Ryan. Ryan, Ryan, you're a a hater, dude. You're a hater. No, I'd say fucking top top 10. Top 10. Uh, He's he's easily top 10. Easily top 10. He's not even close. How many how many Fuck fighters off. in the history of the UFC have attempted to defend a belt? Oh, quite a few, hundreds. I would say. You know, okay, you know who's not on that list? <laughs> Conor McGregor. How, how, how many? How many have won titles in two different weight classes? Yeah. Was it like three other people or something like destroyed, that? Destroyed, not fucking one. Destroyed the opponents. And then never even attempted to defend the title because he had the matchup that he wanted and then had no interest of being exposed. Hey, but you 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 have to you, I I realized that Mendez took his fight on two weeks notice. So there, he he definitely gained something there. But you can't tell me that him with a bum knee, not training for a wrestler. Taking a fight with the greatest wrestler, White Claw time, taking taking a fight with probably one of the greatest wrestlers in that 145-pound weight class. He was really good. He st- there was there, there was some danger there as well. I mean, so you can't have it both ways. He can't handpick it and still not be in danger. Yes, he, he took a fight against a guy. They were both on short notice. However, he was training for a fight, but he was probably one of the greatest fight, uh, wrestlers in that weight class at the time. And it was still pretty freaking dangerous because he wasn't preparing for a wrestler. He, you so got to give credit where credit's due. 
I'll give him yeah, credit he did take for that. Part, like, yeah. He's had some good showings, but if you're talking greatest of all time, let's think of some of these names, right? Does he have a better resume than Anderson Silva? I don't know who it is. No, no, no. Does no. he have a better resume than George St. Pierre? No. Does he have a better resume? Let's talk about even some newer people than Henry Cejudo. Oh, Maybe. No, I, no, I, Maybe. That's, that's I, th I think so. I think so. Why? Does well, he have a better resume than Demetrius Johnson? Nope. Uh, how about John Jones? Okay. So then Matt Hughes. Close, <laughs> maybe. Ooh, Close, yeah. maybe. Does he have a better resume than John Jones? No. Does he have a better resume than Daniel Cormier? Close, maybe. It's like all we're already at like so, ten right? people, so he's not. Yeah, no, right. you're you're right. at you're at seven people. You've got to find thirteen more people to knock him out of the top twenty, Ryan. Yeah, but right, it's all context as well. Fucking uh, Connor, fucking destroyed these some of these the, his last few fights, like fucking literally within seconds in that, right? So you got to take that into account as well, right? You can't. I know what you're. I know what you're trying to get at this and that, but he's up there, man. I'm gonna fucking say yeah, top ten. He's, by no means is anybody on this podcast saying he's the greatest of all time. I said he's the greatest showman in all of all time, and I stand by, by that. And I don't think you can find somebody that's gonna surpass him in that genre. Um, no one is contesting that he's 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 the greatest of all time, but you gotta admit he's a hell sight better than 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 top twenty of all time, man. You name seven I, people, and some of those are close. They're not that close. <laughs> all right. Hey, so 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 two showmen. Who would you guys uh, pick? Who's better? I guess showman wise and based on their fucking career, Chael Sonnen or or Connor. I, I, I that'd be very close. I fucking say Chael fucking gets it by cut here. What do you guys think? I, you know, I think you know, Chael is a better talker. Yeah, but not a better showman. Yeah, there's two. Those are two different things. I think, in my opinion, being a, a better talker or or somebody who cuts promos, Chael cuts probably better promos than he does. But I don't think he's a better showman. And if you want to talk just pure, you know, pay per view bias, one of the greatest showmen ever in the UFC, Brock Lesnar. Oh yeah, there you go. Oh, of course, mm -hmm. man. Fuck. That's yeah, but that's a he's a he's a he he he's a crossover showman though, because he was he 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 brought a whole genre of people that wouldn't even be into MMA into MMA. So he's got a he's cross promotional. Right. Plus, he has the advantage of being physically a fucking spectacle. Uh, so it's a little easier to promote himself when you look like that too. You know, you know, as far as showman goes, you guys don't forget fucking Mayhem Miller. His fucking walkouts were great, man. Over in Pride, Mayhem was a showman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wasn't he? Was, who was who he fighting? Sakuraba or somebody? Where he was? He had their back or something. He was pounding them. Then he looked up at the camera, smiled, gave a peace sign, and then started fucking pounding on him again. <laughs> who was that guy? Uh, I'm, I can't remember his name at all. But there was a guy back in I think it was Pride. That always had crazy, crazy walkouts. Like uh, he yep. dressed up as like a robot or just like a. Yep. He, do you know what I'm talking about? That's who it was. Yeah. Genki Sudo. That dude, that dude is amazing. He was an amazing, amazing fighter and a fucking slick grappler. I don't know if you guys ever saw his. Uh, 
there's a YouTube video, highlight video of him in one of uh, Chris ben- Brennan's tournaments, the West Side Strangler, and he fucking mows through this tournament. And there's there's a highlights of him just mowing through everybody in that tournament. If you guys like slick, slick, slick nogi grappling, check out Genki Sudo uh, West Side Strangler tournament. It's a, it's an amazing amazing highlight video. Oh, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, but his uh, and everyone who's not aware of him definitely go check out his walkouts because uh, every single one was elaborate and different. He didn't even. It's not like he did the same thing every time. Every single time was a spectacle. All right, I got guy with time, it. guys. I gotta go. All right, all right, all right guys. All right. Yeah, it's about that time, anyways, guys. Uh, you, Peace, you, y'all. Have a good one, all boss. Right. All right, uh, you guys got anything you want to cover right quick before we get out of here? All done, man. You guys have a great uh, weekend. All right, thank, all right. Thanks for calling Canada. We always appreciate it. All right. All right. And uh, we appreciate you too, Tenor, uh, you know, calling anytime. So uh, you guys have a great night. Uh, Ryan, you got anything you want to uh, cover before uh, we get out of here? Yeah, I've got two things. Number one, we kind of touched on this earlier, but we have a busy weekend coming up tomorrow night. Starting at the normal time, we'll, we'll be covering uh, the fight night on ESPN headlined versus Tyron Woodley versus, uh, Gilbert Burns. Then we will be back again on Sunday to watch Superhuman hopefully injure himself critically. Woohoo! I want to thank the OG Army for showing up. We can't do the show without you. I want to thank Tender and Uncle Canada for calling in. They're always great times. Uh, anything else, Ryan? Yes, I, I always have one last thing. Fuck all y'all. Everyone have a great night. We'll see everyone tomorrow at 6. Bye-bye. Screw you, hippie!